Hey, this is Jay DeMarcus, and you're listening to the Christian Music Guys podcast. On today's episode, we sit down with Jay DeMarcus. Jay is known as one-third of the country trio Rascal Flats. Jay currently serves as CEO of Red Street Records. Welcome back to the Christian Music Guys podcast, the podcast for Christian music fans, by Christian music fans. In just about a week, the Christian Music Guys will be in Nashville for the 10th K-Love Fan Awards. And so we are looking forward to this um, event. It's going to be uh, an amazing weekend. It's going to be a jam-packed full weekend. The nominees just uh, released a few days ago. You can check that out on our socials. But a few of them, uh, Mill Artists of the Year, Brandon Lake, Chris Tomlin, Jerry Camp, Matthew West, Phil Wickham, Toby Mack, Zach Williams. Congratulations, uh, men. You guys deserve to be in this category. Female, female Artist of the Year, Ann Wilson, Brooke Lidgerwood, Katie Nicole, Lauren Dago, Natalie Grant, Rachel Lampa, and Tasha Layton. Ladies, congratulations. You women deserve to be in this category. Some of you had some incredible year, had, has had an incredible year. A group or duo of the year, Kane casting crowns consumed by fire, uh, Elevation Worship, Maverick City Music, Mercy Me, and We the Kingdom. Uh, these groups have uh, accomplished amazing things this past year, and they, uh, each of them deserve to be in this category as well. Artist of the year, Brandon Lake, Kane for King and Country, Lauren Dago, Matthew West, Phil Wickham, Stephen Curtis Chapman, and Toby Mack. Again, Congratulations to the nominees in this category. Breakout single, which is uh, normally a newer and upcoming artist, uh, breakout artist, emerging artist, and, and these are the artists that are listed this year for their singles. The first one is Ben Fuller, which we just recently had him on here. An amazing guy, amazing testimony. His song, Who I Am, uh, is nominated this year. Blessing Offer for Brighter Days, Cody Carnes, Ain't Nobody. Consumed by Fire, which uh, you'll get to hear them this Friday. We're going to have a special uh, Friday edition episode with Consumed by Fire for their song. They're nominated for their song, First Things First. David Leonard, Good Lord, uh, his song, Good Lord. Jason Crabb, his song, Good Morning Mercy. And then Rachel Lampa, Perfectly Loved, featuring Toby Mac. And then Worship Song of the Year. Brandon Lake, Gratitude, I love that song. Chris Tomlin, and Always, Elevation Worship song. Same God, John Reddick, his song, I Believe It. Matt Mars, The Lord's Prayer. Maverick City Music's Gyra. And Phil Wickham's song, Hymn of Heaven. Song of the Year, Andrew Ripp, Fill My Cup. Brandon Lake's Gratitude. Kane, I'm So Blessed song. Colton Dixon, Build a Boat, featuring Gabby Barrett. Uh, for King and Country's song, Love Me Like I Am, featuring Jordan Sparks. Phil Wickham's Hymn of Heaven and Ra- uh, Rachel Lampa's Perfectly Love, featuring Toby. Stephen Curtis Chapman's song, Don't Lose Heart. Toby Mack's song, The Goodness, featuring Blessing Offer. And then, and then the uh, Film Television Impact Award. Uh, the nominees are Family Camp. Wonderful movie. We got to promote that and heard the bell. Same there. We got to promote that great movie. Jesus Revolution. Of course, we got to uh, be involved with that one. Life Mark as well. Uh, and then uh, m- movies Moonrise, Running the Bases, and then the Chosen Season 3 finale, which was in the theaters as well. The Book Impact Award. 
this year. The nominees are Beth Moore and All My Knotted Up Life, Lisa Turkhurst, uh, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, Phil Wickham's newest, latest book, On Our Knees, Kathy Lee Gifford and Rabbi Jason, The God of the Way, and then Shannon Bream, which we recently had on our show, The Love Stories of the Bible Speak, great book. And then Craig Groeschel's The Power to Change. The Podcast Impact Award this year. Uh, the nominees are Bob Goff and Friends, Dream Big Podcast. And then uh, Hey, It's the Lesko's with Levi and his wife. Um, Lisa Harper's Back Porch Theology. And then uh, Jenny Allen's podcast, Made for This. And then uh, Lisa Turkhurst, uh, Proverbs 31 Ministries. And then Elisa Childers podcast, and then Candace Cameron podcast, Candace Cameron Beret podcast, sorry. And then Phil and Jace Robertson's podcast, Unashamed. And so congratulations to all the nominees this year for the 10th annual K Love Fan Awards, which will be held in Nashville, Tennessee. And it's going to be, like I said, a great, great weekend. And we are very, very excited to be a part of it. Also, I'm going to give a shout out to WJIE in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, we are heard every single Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can check us out there if you live locally. Also, uh, go to their website, WJIE.org. You can listen uh, anywhere that you live in the world uh, at 4.30 Eastern Standard Time. So whatever time zone that you're in, just make sure... Um, you, you listen to us and, and contact them, email them. Um, there's a texting line, just whatever you can. Please just let them know you love hearing the Christian music guys on WJIE. So thanks again to the guys over there at WJIE. Our guest today is about to join us is Jay DeMarcus. Now, Jay is one third of the trio the country music group phenomenon, uh, amazing group, Rascal Flats. Now, Rascal Flats uh, has some amazing songs, uh, amazing albums. One of my songs that they sing that I love is uh, God Bless the Broken Road. Love their version of that. And uh, of, course, of course, Life is a Highway. They have a, a lot of good songs, What Hurts the Most. And and so Jay DeMarcus, uh, before that, what you hear in the interview was in a 90s CCM band called East to West. And so we get to hear about that and how uh, he got a start in music and East to West. And then, of course, his transition to Rascal Flats. And then, of course, what he does now. He is CEO of Red Street Records in Nashville. Uh, and so he's, he's doing some incredible things in the kingdom. And you will enjoy this interview and you'll love Jay's heart. He's got a, a, an amazing heart for ministry and he loves, he loves to impact lives. So Jay DeMarcus, thank you so much for taking the, the time and chatting with us today. Yeah, it's my pleasure, man. It's great to be here. Thanks yeah, for having so me. let's just get started off the bat. Um, like we said before we started recording, uh, you know, we grew up listening to uh, well, Rascal Flats, but also uh, Christian music. Obviously, this is a Christian music podcast. And uh, one one band in particular I remember listening to driving in our minivan uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, 
was a band called East to West. And and this is a band that uh, I, you know, like a lot of the songs. And this is one in particular I'm going to play for you to see if you remember this song. Yeah. Absolutely. That was a number one yeah. for us, actually. So yeah. that's that's good stuff. And so, um, yeah, east to west. Uh, you yeah, we. I mean, we burned Jesse, that cassette tape up in our van uh, for sure. Uh, so I think yeah. obviously something we like to ask a lot of people is how'd you get your start in music? What does that look like uh, in your life? Were you always musical or is it something you got into later? I was always musical. I grew up in a musical family. My mom and dad both were musicians, and my mom was actually country music queen of Ohio in 1969 and got a recording contract with Decca Records, and my dad was a working musician, so I was surrounded by it. My grandparents were musicians, too, and so I got really great, well-rounded education in everything from bluegrass to gospel to country. To My dad was a hippie, so he listen to all 60s and 70s rock and, you know, everything from Elvis to the Beatles to Chicago, Rolling Stones. And then my mom had me in church about four times a week. So I was exposed to gospel music early on and really had a, a love for it. And my earliest memories of the early 80s and loving bands like Petra and Whiteheart and Mylon Lefebvre and and people that really were uh, pioneers and, and groundbreaking in making popular Christian music and, and music that was uh, competing with pop music and rock music at the time is what I sort of fell in love with. And I got a scholarship for music uh, to go to Lee University in Cleveland, Tennessee. And while I was there, my roommate, uh, was a wonderful singer, uh, and he sang my demos of songs that I would write, and I would mail those demo tapes away. And finally, Benson Records called me one day and said that they loved the the band and wanted to talk to us. And I said, "Well, we're not really a band. I'm a songwriter. That's my roommate." He said, "And and uh, a guy that works for me now, Don Cook, said, well, it's too bad if you guys were a band, um, we'd really like to talk to you about signing you to a record deal.' So." maybe you should figure out whether or not you want to be a band. So I went to Neil and I asked him what he thought about it. We came to Nashville and we were signed a couple months later and that was East yeah. to West. Well, how do you think uh, like Christian music from, you know, the nineties, eighties, nineties, and all the way up till now, how do you think the change, how do you think that's affected the industry from, you know, the nineties when everybody's buying cassettes to now it's, you know, a hundred percent basically streaming, you know, what, what have you seen the the, the effect yeah. in the industry from that? Well, I, th I think it's been tough for everyone. You know, the golden age of selling records and selling cassettes, the entire music industry has suffered. And it's it's not just about making money, especially in Christian music, because, you know, it's about spreading the good news mm -hmm. of Christ and obviously sharing the gospel with the world. But we still need to pay bills and still need to make a living. And especially the songwriters and the producers and the people behind the music are really, really not making anything near what they did even 15 years ago. So I think it's a, it's been a tough thing and tough waters for everyone to navigate, but it's a moving target. We keep trying to shift every single year and every single day to try to figure out where the music business is headed next. And I hope that we find some solution in the short term to help writers and artists and 
and producers and musicians uh, to help them continue doing what they do so well. I mean, the world would be a sad place without artists and writers and producers and people that bring the music to us. And, and I think people forget a lot of times the hard work that goes into making uh, an album or a, a song. Uh, it's just, yeah. um, it's, it shouldn't be for free. Right. And uh, people out there need to pay uh, yeah. what need to get paid what they're worth and what they're worthy of. So it's, um, I think the music business has changed dramatically. I mean, it's just, it's kind of sad in some ways to see what it's been reduced to, but it's also exciting because I love seeing where we're headed in the future. And I love some of the young artists that are coming out. It's also been great too, to see people out of necessity have to make their own records and become their own producers and their own writers and sit at their house in their home studio and make music. I think that's a wonderful thing too. And I so, think in the change, I think there are too, positives in that. From a consumer right standpoint, now. I miss going to the record shop. I miss going and browsing the CDs and buying your your whether it was your cassette or your CD and having a chance to flip through the book with the lyrics and read the thank yous and read who the guitar player was. And I mean, we spent yeah. a lot of time, I mean, listening to the music, but reading word for word, you know, we bought a new CD and we're reading word for word through the booklet with the cool design. I, I miss that. You know, I think that's something, you know, people who've only streamed, uh, you know, I always sound like, you know, the old guy or whatever, but like, like today's generation, you know, makes me sound old, uh, but they don't have that experience of like sitting down and looking through a booklet. It's just yeah. always been streaming. And so I, I love it when we're talking to somebody and they're like, man, yeah, I'm thinking about doing a vinyl on this. And I'm like, yes, please, please do the vinyl. I want, I want the physical, I want the cassette tape, please. I mean, um, that's just that oh, reminiscing yeah. and, and being able to, yeah, browse the the record store. I miss that. I, I totally agree. I mean, that's how I, that's how I knew who my heroes were by reading the liner notes and figuring out my favorite producers and my favorite players and favorite studio guys that were playing on everything. I mean, I, I lived to read the credits. I wanted to know who was playing all those things that I loved, who were, who was coming up with those guitar yeah. riffs that I loved, who, who were those bass players that were playing those fat funky grooves you know i mean that's that's how i fell in love with the people that i did so i think there is you think something there's a... that's lost there for sure now that we're not able to do that i i, I admire people that, when they drop records now i admire those people that do go on their social media and post the credits i, know, so uh, I think i think i was they, about to ask you that is there still a, a way to to make that cool. connection with fans like to we obviously don't a lot of times have that booklet anymore but is there a way to kind of bridge that gap still you think yeah what people have started doing now is going on their facebook page when they drop an album and going hey my album's out today and here are all the credits and all the people i'd like to thank so that's become more and more common lately to recognize the people that have put the work in on making the records yeah i, I took my son to a, a colton dixon concert a few weeks back and uh we we looked at the merch and obviously there's no cds there and he's like dad where where's their cds and i said son there is no CDs anymore. You just, you go on Apple or Spotify and download the album, you know, and uh, that that's how it's done. And he's like, he didn't understand. I said, so that's why it's so important. We go and support these shows and, you know, now their merch, their shirts and things like that is, you know, how they make money. And so they don't, they can't make money anymore on the CDs or, or, you know, records and things like that. So that's a big chunk of, 
a lot of musicians income and so he just didn't understand so yeah they don't even put cd players in they don't even put cd players in cars no. anymore so you we're running out of ways to play them even if you got them you're hard pressed to find something to yeah. play them on so on easter he wanted uh which is what cracks me up so from that he said dad for easter i want i want just a little candy but can i also have a discman i'm like a discman and I, I was and gonna say I was Levi's like, been googling okay, things. How do you know what from, a discman is? You know, last like, oh. entry. <laughs> yeah, and so we got him a discman. They were on Amazon, and I was like, if you if you run or tap on, it, it's gonna skip. And then I had to explain that whole deal. You know what skips? And so <laughs> to find CDs was very hard, Jay. Like we went to Amazon, of course. You go to a, 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 a an artist website, they're not going to have CDs. They just have the merch, you know, or vinyl. Um, and so we had to look on Amazon, and we were paying like $30 for one CD. I was like, whoo. Yeah. No, I hear you. Uh, there, there are also some younger kids that have gotten into cassettes mm. again, too. And those are even Yeah, good luck on that one. You're paying $15, $20, $25 per <laughs> cassette. You know, it's good stuff. Yeah. Woo. So tell us, how do you go from, you know, being in Rascal Flats to now CEO of Red Street Records? What's that uh, look like? You know, it's been an interesting journey, but I've always been interested in the business side of the music business, not just the creative side. I've, I'm, I've been sort of an anomaly. I've been that weird artist that has wanted to learn as much as I could through the years of the business side. And I'm would be on the phone every day with my managers, just trying to learn the nuts and bolts of, you know, how to put a tour together, how to budget and how to amortize over a tour, all the costs and routing and trying to understand the booking agency and what they go through and what their jobs are. The business managers trying to figure out what their jobs are and how it all fits together. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, kind of, um, full circle, I guess, that I would come to this point and be at Red Street and kind of use all of the education that I that I uh, have and all the knowledge that I have to try to pass on to a younger generation of artists. I just feel like, um, I feel like everything has led me to this point to be able to now pass the baton on to a younger generation of artists, both Christian and country, uh, and make myself a resource uh, that's available to them to learn from. There are a lot of things that we learned the hard way of not what to do. There were a lot of great things that we learned the right way to do. So if I can jump in and be a source of, uh, of knowledge or help to the young artists that we sign, um, I feel like that's why I've been put here. And that's why God has allowed me to have so many great blessings over the past, you know, 25 years with Rascal Flats to be able to pass on to a new generation. And I, and it's, it's very rewarding for me. I, I feel like, um, it's a very natural next chapter for my life and my career. Yeah. That's always so encouraging when we're talking with new artists and they're kind of talking, telling a little bit about how they got to where they are currently. And it's, it's always great to hear that moment where it's like, and then thank God this person stepped in and kind of helped me like figure out all the stuff that I didn't know anything about and now, now it kind of makes sense. They kind of, they kind of gave me the vehicle to move forward with this thing. And so it, it's always nice to hear, you know, from, I mean, you're, you're doing that as well. Uh, but it's, it's always nice to hear when they, they're kind of telling their story and they're like, I had no idea what I was doing until 
thank God this guy called me. And I was like, and I was like, oh, that's what it looks like, you know, moving forward Uh, because it allows them, it allows that new artist to, you know, take what they're passionate about. Uh, They're good musicians, but I think most times we find that really good musicians and the, you know, that are Christian musicians, they're great musicians, but what they're actually passionate about is people, you know, and, and, you know, specific things. And that person stepping in and saying, Hey, here's how we can use this gift that God's given you to then go and actually, you know, make it happen. Um, that's cool to be that person that steps into that now. It, it's rewarding, I would imagine. Yeah, it definitely is rewarding. And you're so right. I mean, the passion for Christian music has to come from your soul and a heart for people and a heart for reaching people with the hope and the promise of the grace of Jesus Christ. I mean, uh, I was so funny. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I had a buddy of mine that did a did a Christian record that was in country music and wanted to try to go share his Christian music, but he'd been used to working in the country world where the, you know, the money and the sales and everything else is so uh, different than it is in Christian music. And he called me one night and he was like, man, I've had a couple churches ask me to come in and uh, sing and share my story and kind of, and he's like, I mean, they don't hardly make anything over there, man. I don't know how somebody makes a living at that. And I said, well, the difference is, is that most people feel called to be there and it's not about the money. It's about the mission. And I think that that's what a lot of people miss sometimes is that, uh, you know, not everyone I'm sure has perfect motives, but most of the people that are singing Christian music and are ministering through Christian music feel a call and feel a purpose first and, and don't, don't necessarily go over there to, to make a fortune and, and become millionaires. They do it because they have a heart for people and a heart for God. Yeah. And then, in, in your position, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about Rascal Flats because obviously in a lot of Rascal Flats songs, there's influence from your all's faith. I mean, I think of songs like he ain't the leaving kind or just, just in different songs where you had the message of faith in there. And obviously like oh, Rascal Flats isn't just like a Christian band that was CCM and, uh, and all that, but I mean, what did that look like for you guys being, you know, like as big as Rascal Flats uh, was and is and stuff and, and kind of putting that in there, but not being like, you know what I mean? Like you obviously have a lot of a, a bigger audience than just a Christian music audience, but being able to kind of put that behind yeah, it, what was uh, that like as Rascal Flats kind of doing that? Well, we were, we were a band of believers that happened to sing country music right. for a living. And so I think that when, when you've had, when you've got a real relationship with Christ and and you've had a real experience with him, it can't help but find its way and permeate everything, every aspect Mm -hmm. of your life, including your music and your artistry. So um, we were drawn to songs that sort of snuck the gospel in that didn't browbeat you with the gospel, but sort of snuck the gospel in. So we prided ourselves on the fact that if you came to a rascal flat show, a, it was always family friendly and you could bring everybody from your grandma and your grandpa to your newborn. So uh, we wanted to have the kind of show that was wide reaching like Mm -hmm. that. And then I never will forget. It was funny. Joel Osteen came to see us one time in Houston and he said the greatest thing in the world. He said, I love coming to a rascal flat show because uh, people come and when they leave, they don't even realize that they've heard the gospel. Mm. It's, 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 you've snuck it in on them. And, and I appreciated his assessment of that because that's, we were deliberate, very deliberate in, in about trying to do that because let's face it, we live in a fallen mm. sinful world that seems like it's getting worse with every passing week and is desperate for any good news and any, 
any hope that you can give them. And um, so we felt like it was our responsibility to use our platform to try to spread a little bit of that as, as much as we could. Yeah. And I, you know, uh, it, it's funny cause you guys had that message. Uh, there was that underlying message there in your all's music that, you know, I wouldn't be allowed to go see another band, you know, growing up in a Christian house, but Rascal Flatts was okay. So I remember going, what's funny is my first yeah. experience at a, at a Rascal Flatts concert, I'll share this with you is the guy behind us was, he had been drinking all day. Obviously we were at a state fair in Kentucky and, and uh, so he spills his beer yeah. all over me. I mean, like halfway through the show and I'm just drenched in in his beer. And I'm like, you know, it was an accident. I'm not going to fight the guy over it or whatever, but I'm but I'm drenched in beer. Well, I was 19. So I'm leaving the state fair and there's this police officer who stops me. And he's like, as we're walking out, he's like, you've been drinking, son. Let me see your ID. Because I was I smelled like beer like crazy. And I had to explain to this yeah, guy, no, sure. it was the guy behind me. I promise, you know, I didn't drink sure. anything, but I, I smelled so <laughs> strong of beer. And uh, and I just, you know, that was my first Rascal Flats concert experience. Uh, uh, <laughs> was, oh, man. I'm no, you didn't do anything. That. I feel like that wasn't No, no, it's, it, no, the concert was great, but it was fun, that interaction with the cop. I was like, man, I, I told him, I said, give me a breathalyzer. I mean, I didn't drink anything. He's like, well, I don't have one, but I sure smell the beer. And I'm like, yeah, but how do I explain to you? You know, but um, the, hey, the show oh, was yeah. great. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It was, uh, we, uh, that, you know, gosh, my, my favorite part of being in Flats was, uh, playing live, man. It's it a was, great, uh, it's a great, it's the best part. So, Jay, tell us about the, um, your, your super group, uh, Generation Radio. Well, I've got a lot of friends that I've made over the years in the music business, as you might imagine, uh, from different genres. And um, I grew up an 80s rock and roll kid. I, I loved it. And I put together uh, a group out of sheer boredom over the pandemic. Uh, I called some friends up and asked them if they wanted to come to my house and kind of get in the studio and see what kind of music we could make together. And one of those guys is my dear friend, a long, longtime friend, uh, Jason Sheff from the band Chicago. He's the bass player and lead singer. And I called up another buddy of mine, Dean Castronovo from Journey to play drums and come sing. And then uh, a couple of other guys that uh, have been dear friends of mine in town. Chris Rodriguez has played with everybody in the world to play guitar and sing. And then I had another friend that uh, also went to Lee University named Tom Yankton, that's just a monster singer and a guitar player. He plays everything, actually. So the uh, the five of us went in the studio and made a record, and we had more fun than we ever dreamed we would, and it became a real thing. And now we do. We're booked by William Morris, and we do shows every year, and it's just the show is just the hits yeah. from all of those bands put together. Now, Dean Castronovo's back in Journey. I think they saw him playing with us and Wait got a jealous. And <laughs> <laughs> and angry so they asked him to rejoin the band but now we have steve ferroni from tom petty and the heartbreakers mm. playing drums with us and it's, it's not uh, a bad lineup jay it's just so much fun to play with those guys. <laughs> it's really great man it's so much fun um before we get into the next thing actually a question for you was it as fun as it looked uh having the family rules show you oh, made that look uh, so yeah, fun yeah was, i loved i loved watching that and it just looked like you guys had a ball is yes. that it was that fun for you guys yeah it was really fun to do something with my kids and the whole family and kind of get all of us together it was really really um 
it was interesting to have those cameras around all that time, but it was, it was fun. And, and I kind of like having that time period captured forever to be able to go back and visit as my kids get older. It's been fun to go back and watch episodes, you know, that's been back in 2019. So they've grown up a lot since then. So it's been really fun for us to go back and kind of revisit and sort of have that time capsule. But yes, it was just a few things have happened since 2019. Just, just a, few things. Just a yeah. couple things. Just a few. Um, well, Jay, with any first time guests, we always like to have a favorite thing segment. Well, we'll we'll mention a title of something, and you just let us know what your favorite thing in that category is. Just a heads up: this is where things get divisive yeah. in our interviews. Um, favorite favorite ice cream <laughs> flavor? We might fight, you know. So, um, but this is oh, this yeah. is where it can get uh, heated. But we'll start with an easy one. Jay, what's your favorite food? Pizza. Amen. What do you What do you like on it? I am a thin crust guy. I grew up in Ohio in the Midwest, so we do a square, what yeah. they call a party cut. And I'm a thin, thin crust guy. I do pepperoni mushrooms, my go-to. Favorite pizza in the world is Donato's Pizza, which yeah, started in good. Columbus, Ohio in 1963. So that's yeah. that's my go-to. What Do you have a favorite movie? I do. My favorite movie, It's it's a close tie. Uh, it's and I hate to pick a favorite between these two, but if I had to, uh, it'd be The Godfather or Saving Private Ryan. I lean more to Saving Saving Private Ryan, just because of the fact that uh, it's such a realistic depiction of what that generation went through to, to rid the world's tyranny. And world Both great tyranny. movies, yeah. That's that's a tough one to choose between. Uh, do you have a favorite show that you enjoy binge watching? You know, uh, I have to go to right now. I'm binge watching again. Justified. It was uh, okay. Yeah, one of my, one of my favorite uh, shows on A and E there for for a minute, and uh, they're bringing it back actually now. Raylan is going to be in Chicago, so uh, I'm excited to see where they take the character and the stories now. But it's one of my tops. Uh, who played the 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 older detective? I can't remember his name. Um... Uh, I know exactly who you're talking about. He played the chief there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Or the chief. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I loved, I, I, I loved I him in that. Yeah, I loved him in that. And he was on a podcast with uh, Mike Rowe a couple months ago, and I was listening to that, and I was like, man, I miss that guy. Like he's so yeah. good. He's perfect in that role. He's one of the best parts of the show, really. For sure, I agree. Do you have a favorite artist of all time besides myself? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> east to west. <laughs> yeah, east to west. Uh, my favorite artist of all time is, I'm sure a lot of people say this, but my, is Elvis Presley. I mean, I just grew up on a steady diet of him. and He reminds me a lot of the people in my family that he loved. He loved uh, country music. He loved rock and roll. He loved the blues. But he also, at the end of the day, had a huge heart for gospel music and it just kind of reminds me of everybody that I grew up with in my family and I got to know J.D. Sumner from the Stamps Quartet who sang background for Elvis on a bunch of his shows in Vegas and J.D. said that he would get a call randomly from Elvis at like four in the morning to come down to his hotel room. He'd wake everybody up and have the quartet come down. And Elvis would sit at the piano and just sit around and sing gospel songs. And he said he would just cry like a baby. And I love hearing that and knowing that about Elvis, that it meant so much to him. There was a soft spot inside of him for uh, not only gospel music, but have you Jesus. Have you and seen I, the I movie Elvis? Yeah, it's great. I have. 
my buddy uh, Miles Teller, who was who played Goose's son in the new Top Gun, was actually neck and neck in the running to play Elvis. So, oh really? Yeah, they they it said it was weird to go <laughs> yeah. see. They no, said after his the guy that played Elvis, his role, like he talked like Elvis for for months. Um, I guess because it was. I think he had a hard time coming out of that that yeah. character. He, I, I think he's still acting like Elvis. So. With uh, actually, when Jacob asked you who your favorite artist was, thanks for sharing about Elvis. But we actually meant like painter Michelangelo, no. Da Vinci, well, Bob Ross. Picasso. So, oh, Bob, Bob Ross. Ross. Okay, yeah. Sorry, sorry for the confusion there. No. Or good napping uh, stuff to watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a dream duet? Man, that's a good question. <sighs> Gary Lavox. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I think it would be great. Carrie LaVox, is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've often joked about that. But um, I think as far as, I would love to sing something with Lauren Daigle. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, we'd love to hear that. That would be very cool. Now, this is where it could get divisive. Is there a favorite ice cream flavor of yours? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally favorite ice cream is mint chocolate chip. Okay. So you like toothpaste in your ice cream? <laughs> Do you <laughs> toothpaste in your ice cream? <laughs> yeah, my sister would probably say the same thing. Um, I mean, I love—I don't hate on any ice cream though. I mean, cookies and cream is great. I'm a standard vanilla guy. Like, yeah, I could take—I could take vanilla all day long. Because vanilla, you can make anything you want. You can. What's your favorites? Cookie dough. I like cookie dough. Uh, I like anything with peanut butter, really. You do? If it has, if it has peanut butter in it, I, I'm, I'm all for it. Last so, time we were in Nashville. That's me. But also uh, Jody McBrayer told us to try Jindy's ice cream. And so when we were there, we tried, I believe it was Jindy's. Yeah. Jenny's. Jenny's? Jenny's? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jenny's. Really that was good. really good. Do you have a favorite podcast? Well, yeah, it's a Christian Woo. music guy. First try. First. <laughs> he's been doing this a while. He gets it. He gets it. Sometimes we have to ask some people three or four times before they understand. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're, we have to really narrow, hone it in. Do you have a favorite podcast about Christian music that just so happens to have three Redhead. brothers? <laughs> you know, yeah. redheaded brothers. Do you have a, a favorite Bible verse? Oh... All things work together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Well, what's next for you, Jay? And how can our listeners keep up with you and what you got going on? I mean, you, I know you've got stuff going on with Generation Radio and and Red Street. Um, anything big coming up? You know, I think uh, the, the biggest thing coming up is the year we have ahead of us and the music, all the music we're getting ready to release. And I think that, um, you know, I covet everyone's prayers for Red Street and our artists. And we always come in here every day with the sole purpose to honor him first and yeah. to make the best decisions for our artists and for this record label. So pray for us, pray that God keeps his hand on us and, and, uh, and that I'm wise enough to listen to the Holy spirit and be guided by him and all that we do. We had uh, a Cade Thompson on here a while back and um, he, he's a great artist and we love his new album, empty, empty room. And, uh, we got talking to him about Bible man and uh, 
he looked at us funny, like, what is Bible man? And he goes, you guys remember, I'm only like, what, 20, early 20s. And we laughed and we had to tell him yeah. what Bible man was. And we, we described it as a Power Rangers, a Christian version of Power Rangers, but like made by Big Lots or something like that. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, it, and, and, and mildly yeah. creepy. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. You, you, you talked about uh, Rascal Flats kind of having the good message of the gospel kind of snuck in. Bible Man was that sledgehammer to the face of what it was, right? <laughs> it, it was. If, <laughs> if you hadn't been exposed to church or stepped inside of a church, you wouldn't know what to make of it. That or mm. the big blue uh, salty you know, song book. That was kind of creepy too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, salty, it was. Man. Boy, with the what comes from the minds of Christian homeschool kids. Yeah. P S A L T Y, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah, P S A L T Y. That's right. That's right. Keep it Christian. So to wrap up, we'd like to see if you'd be willing to share something that God has been doing in your life, maybe even recently, that would help build our listeners' faith. Yeah, I think the thing that stands out to me the most is, you know, when the pandemic hit, I think it was a shock to the system for everyone, uh, particularly uh, in my own situation, the way I was affected was we were set to do a farewell tour. We were going to take a, a long needed break after 20 years of being on the road as Rascal Flats. And of course, the pandemic canceled everything. And the career that I had enjoyed for so long and had been accustomed to and sort of clipping along and going every day was suddenly gone. It was non-existent. I had no idea what I was going to do or what the future would look like. I just knew that what I had relied on so long and become comfortable with had suddenly gone away. And so over the last three years, having not toured with Rascal Flatts, not having the comfort and the security of a consistent um, job and career and knowing where my life was headed from year to year and day to day, I learned and had to learn the sometimes hard lesson of being out of my comfort zone, having everything that I was used to and accustomed to and comfortable with turned upside down and solely relying on my faith and my trust in God. And that has not been an easy thing to do sometimes. I am very much a control freak. I love to plan. I love to know what's ahead of me. I like to be as prepared as I can for it. And through my time of prayer and my time of seeking Him and asking Him, what in the world are you doing? I cannot see the rhyme or the reason to what's happening right now. I've slowly had to start stripping away my self-reliance and my and in coming to terms with my total reliance in him and trusting and knowing that he has my destiny, my future, everything in the palm of his hand. And sometimes when everything's great and everything's going great and you take a look around and there's no reason to doubt anything, it's easy to get complacent, it's easy to rest on your laurels. And I've had a whole new rediscovery of what it means to have real faith. And um, sometimes I think it's easy for all of us because we're human to forget that we're not in control of anything anyway. 
This is all in His hands, all in His sovereignty. And I've had to relearn that over and over again sometimes. I have good days and bad days, a lot of bad days, a lot of questions, but I always come back and center myself on the fact that if He is who He says He is, and I trust Him to be that, then I have to do just that and trust in Him. Yeah, and thank God for His patience that He is willing to lovingly teach us that same lesson over and over and over (laughs) and over. Well, thanks for sharing that, Jay. We certainly appreciate it, and we're grateful for your time and for chatting with us today. Thanks so much, Jay. Thank you, guys. I appreciate your time as well. Thanks. Well, thanks for listening, and thank you, Jay, for chatting with us. Be sure and subscribe to our podcast wherever you may listen. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and leave us a five stars and please review us. Follow us on all social media platforms at Christian Music Guys. Check out our website at ChristianMusicGuys.com. There you will find our latest blogs and we are currently in the midst of upgrading our website, making it better, adding more features and all kinds of exciting things coming up on our website. So stay tuned for that. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.